our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Welcome to the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron Keith. And I'm Alexander. Thank you for being with us. And special guest in the studio today, Ryan Bialis. Ryan, tell the good people hello. Hey, hey. We're in, uh, in North Carolina for a little surprise trip here in uh, really looking forward to getting in on the podcast. I've been juicing on it for sure lately. Um, listen to every episode multiple times over the course of multiple years. But it's uh, really coming around lately, and it's been really impactful. So, yeah, looking forward to share some of the stuff that's been uh, reflected on recently and put into practice and all kinds of juicy stuff. Yeah. And so no intro necessary for Ryan. He was, of course, on this podcast uh, probably a couple years ago when he was joined uh, with his brother on our Reflections episode in which they both discussed growing up with Alexander within the philosophy. And now Ryan is back to share what he's been up to the last two years and we'll get his insights on his current journey utilizing the just philosophy. <laughs> Yes, and we want to uh, welcome everybody. This is going to be a um, a little bit more casual, uh, almost like just joining us in a conversation. We got the windows open in the studio, so maybe you'll hear a few more birds than usual. And so just uh, sit in with us and uh, take this journey with us. Uh, be a little bit of a reflection, and hopefully it'll bring some insights to you people about how being in this type of philosophy over long periods of time, how it can really uh, help to shape and mold your life. And that's what we, we continue to um, promote on this podcast, the wise, wise and the just philosophy. So hopefully it's going to be a juicy one. So Alexander or Ryan, can you come in here and maybe give the listeners if they're new here, what your relationship is in real life? Uh, Got involved in his life when I got involved with his mother and uh, him and Ian was three years old and they are twins. We lost their mother approximately 14 years ago, and that's been quite a journey, and it's taught us both so much. So, uh, you know, being able to grow together and utilize this philosophy and, you know, and cherish the moments that we had as a tribe, uh, I think has been a, a part of my life that I would have never planned, and yet it's wound up being one of my most uh, beautiful blessings. We were just discussing before the podcast started what the legally correct term is for our relationship. I think we settled on uh, stepson, uh, whatever step means. I think it's a different language, but Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll go with um, he's my soul brother, my spirit lover, my guru, my guide, whatever you want to call it. It's all all good. It's always been good, and uh, it's really hard to put into words. So I say something different almost every time. I just taste it. I'm like, let's see what that one tasted like. Right. Yeah, it's been an amazing honor, and uh, and the three of us just have a, a connection that is 
unparalleled and I'm grateful for it every day and getting to hear some of the reflections of how he views things today is, is truly a special gift. So Ryan, has your relationship with, uh, I know we'll call it the work or the just philosophy. I know when you were growing up, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a philosophy as it is now and it's morphed over time, but the same principles that Alexander has been practicing in his personal life that have turned into ultimately the philosophy were instilled with you during that time, during your childhood. So has your relationship with that wisdom changed over time, or how has it changed from your childhood? And then, you know, you're in your upper 20s, so throughout your 20s, and then has it changed at all recently in the past couple of years? Yeah, yeah, it's been um, it's been quite the process. I mean, everybody's got their uh, different methods of coming into this type of work, and it's, uh, it is hard to imagine, like, what it might be like for me growing up in it, but, I mean, the reality is I've been asking myself that same question the whole time. Like, I ask myself, like, what does this mean, and you've uh you've been blessed with this thing that you surely you understand how much it's worth uh so the question is always how are you engaging with it so this is a question that like i've i've always asked myself throughout my life and um i think uh, a lot of what it offers you this philosophy as we're calling it is just the ability to actually engage with that question because it's not necessarily about whether you can answer the question yes or no it's about how you engage with it because uh as we've learned at this point there is no nirvana there's no like enlightenment that you reach it's uh, it's how you engage with it every single day yeah even so we're talking about listening to the podcast i mentioned that that was i mean even that was a process like the first year and a half maybe that the podcast was out like i wasn't listening to it uh i had listened to a couple episodes but it was like for whatever reason, I didn't feel like I was uh, I was doing enough to deserve listening to it, basically. And that's what I eventually told Alexander. I said, I, said, I, don't, I don't know, man, I'm just not doing anything. Like, I don't understand why, why I need to learn more at, th- at this moment. Like, I already know enough. And it was like a struggle. But me and him had some breakthroughs and all kinds of energy shifts. And my brother got out of a relationship and all that kind of stuff. So uh just kind of culminated in a moment when it was able to loosen up and like I started listening to him and um everything starts moving forward again but now now I'm listening to him regularly everyone like as soon as they come out usually and there's discussion and I'm actively engaged with them and being a projector since we talk about the human design um I am a projector and since we're talking about seeing some of the ways that uh, Alexander impacted us raising us. It's just seeing him have have formed this method of raising these kids that are projectors, and it just fits so perfect for how you need to raise a projector. And being able to look back on that now and see like where it strengthened us and where it gave us like opportunities to have different experiences from what what we could have had, uh, just shot us in a different direction. So it still takes time, and it still takes all the way up until now for me to start to engage with it like fully um and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but like it's making more sense to me now well and i think a a big part of that is that you know everyone needs to uh, leave the nest and find their own way and so for many years through the boys early 20s they you know had moved to hawaii uh, quite a ways away and 
they were developing their own processes and questioning my ways in a in a healthy way and we discussed those questions and and so it was a time for them to uh, and I share this with a lot of my clients with children that between the ages of 18 and about 26 to 28 27 is kind of a sweet spot that uh, young people need to go out and try to kind of figure it out on their own. And many times if they're supported in that, they will almost always come back around, around that 28-year-old or 27 or so. And uh, that was what I supported, even though it was hard. It was hard. Of course, I didn't want them to to not uh, recognize the specialness of this work, but Sometimes we need to get away from what we have to truly appreciate it at a different level. And now that, as he said, he's come back around and gotten back into the podcast and, and now seems to be utilizing it at a daily uh, basis and, and our conversations have just grown even deeper. So I think it's important for most people to hear that, that a lot of strength that is grown in relationships is found through the freedom that both people feel to be themselves, to express themselves, but always have that open invitation to re-enter or re- re-emerge, so to say. And uh, that's what, you know, not just on this trip, but over the last uh, roughly year or so, things have really been progressing in that way and uh, why this was such a a great opportunity today for him to be here on our recording day to to just get him in here to share a few things. I totally resonate with what you guys are saying as far as needing to step away from something you've been around your whole life to really try it out on your own and and see if you can you know if your ideas work and then Ryan so so you had an opportunity to do that and I think once you go along in this world and you try to utilize what you kind of think you know and you run into stumbling blocks and you're you're utilizing like common knowledge in society versus like something like this philosophy and you start to find out like man I really can't find a way to overcome these certain like life obstacles you know things that everybody happen to go through like relationship issues or or not having enough energy throughout the day or you know getting um, your structure down. So is that something similar to what you experienced where you kind of like just lived in a way and then realized that all these issues were happening and you didn't really have an answer and then maybe that's kind of what brought you back? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think one thing that stuck out throughout that whole time frame and we've drawn some connections between this before, but just the way um, certain relationships flowed in and out between the three of us. Um, and to be like as close as the three of us are and share as much understanding as we do, uh, to be able to like watch each other essentially and almost feel like, like you're watching a version of yourself is the easiest way to put it, especially me having a twin brother. I mean, I get that on a daily basis, but uh, just seeing some of the ways the energy shifted between the three of us and we all kind of learned the same lesson in our own way through some challenging times but uh, always come out on the other end better so to speak but that's definitely one of the biggest ones that shaped um, like our projections moving forward like being able to see what we experience in those moments and how we want to like move forward move forward with them and do better next time be better next time 
and uh, just utilize each other to grow in that way. And I think it's just been a, like a growing appreciation of that. Uh, like Alexander said, we'd come back around when we were 27 or 28. I, I mean, I remember him saying that when I was like 21, and I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm already here, man. What you talking about? <laughs> so you just laugh uh, when I'm at this time, when I'm at 28 now. Just to go back to giving an example of things that have actually come up uh, to be put into practice, especially in this time frame since we've been out in Hawaii, but even um, just in the last handful of years. Of course, being uh, nine of hearts, we talk about the love card system as well. All three of us, me, my brother, and Alexander are hearts, so we, we see these relationships potentially a little bit differently than some people do. Not necessarily that there's more value, but there's your lessons come more directly from these relationships, uh, especially us being nines focusing on the right endings so to speak so I like I got into my relationship and part of what like caught me off guard was that I had to be in that relationship to see that I was asking questions so to speak I mean I swear like I found myself uh, like my aha moment in that uh, relationship when when I saw that correct ending was uh, she had allowed her to share space like with me the three of us and I invited her in and we like we were in that place of joy that we go to together that uh, bliss that we can create and she like basically told him he was a bad influence on me or something and I just kind of like laughed I was like man that's crazy and I mean that was more or less it like I, I thought we'd talk about it as she was leaving or something but like I knew I'd already kind of made the disconnect at that point well, a very you know interesting part of uh, our three-person unit between Ian, Ryan, and I is is over all of these years the the different relationships that we have experienced and the ability to be able to discuss those uh, experiences. We don't discuss specific details of uh, of certain issues but felt like they've always known the quality of being able to use each other as our experiences to help help each other to learn and so that's why we were able to give that freedom to hey go do what you feel like you need to do you know I'm here I will be here and you know and there has been situations to where things have been tried in different directions and what I want to get across here is is when people feel comfortable to go out and try, and if they fail, they're not going to be judged and ridiculed when they come back. That's that's what I'm trying to get across here, and that that my role in that was very challenging as the father figure and the one that needs to let that person go. So whether this is with children or sometimes in intimate relationships, like maybe a person just needs a weekend to get away and but they don't know how to ask for that. And it's not that they're falling out of love with you maybe, but maybe they just need to be to themselves. And different people need different amounts of alone time and the human design and the card destiny card system helps to understand that, how we were designed. And so I'm a person that needs a lot of alone time, but the boys aren't and then they're twins. So they're around each other almost all the time. They live together still. And so the beauty of the opportunity of communication and being open with each other uh, as to how we are navigating conscious communication, our relationships, 
in the directions that we want to be supported in. So I think that that's one one aspect of this that's very hard to get across through explanation of of the beauty that that does bring and that support. Um, but that doesn't always mean that it's understood or supported by the people on the outside um, because it can be very misunderstood and misjudged as well. But, uh, but what the three of us know that we have now, you know, at this time being through all the, going through all the struggles that we've had, challenging the philosophy, the theories to be where we are now is just a very beautiful place that I'm very humbled and grateful for, you know, every day. And, he and I have been in the recording studio for back-to-back 12 to 13-hour days, and we're getting some of his poetry out and uh, some music, and and it's, it's, it's going to be gr- a great project. But it's the first time that we've ever really you know, come together in that way to truly work on a project together. We've done a, a project with his poetry and some of my music in the past, but I put that together myself. And this project is, he's actually here in the studio, and that was his intention of flying out here. And so uh, so that's been an amazing experience on my side. And I think I want to reach out and, you know, ask Ryan to just share a little bit about what that experience has been like and widen that view a little bit. Yeah, so uh, like you said, I came out here, kind of a surprise trip. Um, Alexander had just been out to Hawaii. This idea popped up because I was starting to get this feed and starting to see some things that uh, were falling into line. And I just had a thought of, like, uh, I think I made a joke. I said I might have to take a trip to a business trip to North Carolina and get another mm-hmm. another recording going. Um, there was a, just a lot, a lot of inspiration that I found within myself, but Alexander guided me to it, specifically on that trip. Um, it was basically like, man, you can write every day. And I was just like, you're right. I know you've been saying that for a long time, but somehow now you're correct Mm -hmm. Um, but like we were having creative times in the morning and just it was so like powerful and just juicy for all of us and um, there's a couple like energetic exchanges that happened and just really clear examples of like this is good this is good for you and for everyone involved and this is what's necessary so I was like I need to go to North Carolina and work on a second second production and be involved this time that was my intention so I said I have to go because like I have to be there I have to be in the studio and I have to be a part of this and uh, feed what feeds me that kind of thing so you had a resurgence of your creativity what kinds of things were you doing prior to this before Alexander made the trip out there and then kind of stimulated that that growth in that area yeah it just kind of been um, really just like this back and forth with myself um I had had periods where, like, he was able to feed me a little bit more, and I remember him putting it, like, uh, if you come to the well once a week, like, just have, like, visit the well once a week, and that's what we were trying to hold for a while, and, like, it worked, and I think that was my first example of seeing, like, that there's something there, but it has been a back and forth, like, it's been, there's been long periods of silence, uh, part of what we're working on with this new production that we're doing is uh, trying to give some voice to that silence I guess like trying to show how much time passed with how little writing and like I'm able to reflect on that now and see like man that's not a whole lot to say for like two or three years you know especially if that's that's what I what I say that I do my processing through is through my writing um it's so cool to be able to look back on it like that 
and uh, just be thankful for that too to be where I'm at now like I'm riding every day and it's uh I mean it's becoming a lifestyle type of thing and that's just it's been super empowering but I'm also like I've seen the lows so I'm not like flying off the rails and like nothing else matters except my riding it's just like a thank you for showing up and welcome welcome at this time welcome yeah. So when somebody like Ryan can identify where they do their processing, whether it is writing or talking it out or being uh, you know, alone, going for a walk, something physical, how important is it to stick with that? Because if they're not doing that, if they fall into a rut and they get into the practice or out of, out of practice of doing that and just uh, become so overwhelmed in every day-to-day subconscious types of things and they don't make time for those those processing or creative outlets, you know, what, what can happen to a person? Yeah. I mean, it can be devastating and many people do adjust when first entering into a new relationship. And this is a dangerous time because, you know, as we've, uh, spoke about many times on past episodes, we discussed the three questions of who are you, what are you about and what do you exemplify? And part of our processing is and how we process emotions and situations is is a big influence on those three answers. And so when you find something that I like to just use the phrase feeds your soul that really like lights you up and it's something that you can create every day, like something as simple as getting up and having creative morning time for writing that now Ryan's been doing for months uh, consistently that uh, that can become, as he said, a lifestyle. And then if you miss that, you know, you really miss it and it affects your day. So when you start to interact and develop relationships, being able to hold true to who you are, this is where we mentioned be, be like a tree, be flexible like a tree, but be rooted and be rooted in what you know feeds you. Because if you get too far away from that feeding, you will start depleting. And so this is why many times about six months, six to months to a year of meeting somebody, people seem to start to change. And normally it's just that they can't hold up the facade any longer. So how you get fed, you know, for me, it is alone time and stillness. And sometimes creative creativity is involved with that, but I have a whole other time set aside for creativity. So if I'm the way that I best deal with the world is in alone time and stillness to process my days. And like I said, creativity comes out of that. Um, And so anyone I meet, even at a business or a personal level, I share that with them as soon as possible of I don't stay regimented to my phone like most people do. I don't. I go to bed at decent times. I get up in the mornings. I love the energy of the mornings. And and see, when we share these types of things, it's helping us to set boundaries so that when they ask us to do something that's going to push on our boundaries, we can just remind them of what we've already shared. So I think that that's uh, been beautiful to watch uh, Ryan's development with the consistency of the writing and I mean, he's been an amazing writer for quite a while. It's just uh, we have to do what we're good at to get that out there to the world. And I think he's just tapped into a new level of appreciation and interest in that. And it's a joy to be part of. Yeah, because I think when we're 
kind of on our own and finding the way we best process or the way we can really get into our creativity and feed ourselves, that's going to create that attractiveness. And then when, when we meet somebody, they're attracted to that brightness, that light that we're creating, that joy that we're living in. And then when we get into those relationships, we can tend to, and I'm going to talk from my own experience, mm-hmm. tend to be you know in that attraction as we've talked about with the the principles of relating right and want to spend you know a lot of time with them initially up front to get to know them you know you want to share your your life stories and we can tend to extend ourselves past our own boundaries Mm -hmm. you know and maybe that's temporary in our minds but over time we can tend to make it a habit of sacrificing what feeds us over what needs to be done. So we're definitely going to go to work. We're not going to sacrifice work Mm -hmm. to, you know, spend more time with that person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, where are we going to take the time from? And oftentimes it comes from that. And then over time, we kind of, we lose our structure and discipline with that. And then we awaken, you know, (laughs) six, 10, 12 months later and, we're not happy and the other person can tend to maybe call you up and be like, oh, well, you're not the person I, I met. And right. and even sometimes they may play a part in that, I don't want to say tearing down of that, but they may want to spend more time with you and ask you to mm-hmm. and and you may um, compromise, you know, that's right. a, a deep word, but, they, but you may compromise some time here mm-hmm. and there to fulfill that. Give us what you want to say well, with that. Looking at Emotional processing is becoming so much more important uh, as time goes on, and which we, we, we relish in because it is so important. But yes, people will adjust their processing just like they will adjust their eating or their sleep. So see, we have necessities in our lives, and I'm just considering that emotional processing is one of those main uh, necessities, and that when you are entering into some type of new connection that none of those should be compromised unless there's an emergency because we should be willing to inspire each other through our actions that we know is good for us rather than setting that to the side and uh, altering your ways or what works for you to cater you know to somebody else or to their way and You know, if somebody says, well, what if two people just get together and they just have, you know, two different styles? It doesn't have to be about which one's right or wrong, but it's each individual of what is healthy for them. And there's many people that like to stay up at night late, but that doesn't mean that it is helping them their wellness or their relationships by staying up till two or three o'clock in the morning. So between two people is still very important for that communication to be there of what they're looking for in the relationship and what they're looking to both give and receive. And this was our very last release, I think, that that touched on these other two questions of what, why are you in a relationship? What are you looking to give the relationship? And what are you looking to receive from the relationship? And I have found through uh, my time of questioning people that not many people are aware of why they are pursuing relationships it just seems to be what people do when we go to work that's affording us a certain lifestyle if we look at money that we get in exchange that's just an energy exchange Mm -hmm. so if we look at our emotional processing that is also giving us energy and value and all of those help to create a lifestyle 
of wellness, which is what this podcast and the just philosophy is all about. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like work and emotional processing should be equal or on yes. the same plane. Yes, given because the, it's a, the same that's energy. one of the biggest parts of the work is emotional processing. And so that benefits the emotional processing benefits everybody around you. So whatever you need to do to emotional process, and for some people that's going walking out in nature, it can, it can be for some people possibly even being around somebody that they really respect or just being alone or being creative, writing. You know, writing is an, is an excellent uh, form of processing, but I want to bring Ryan back in here. Would you agree that how important that the oral part of that processing is that once again, we don't want to take anything away from the writing, but now after coming into the studio and going through that process, uh, what kind of insights can you give us on the combination of the writing and the oral? Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's definitely, it's all connected. Of course, that's what we talk about with this podcast here. And just to bring everything kind of full circle with what we're talking about. Um, the way that process has looked for me is, like I said, I was talking about the writing and the writing was what was hard to get back to and stay consistent with. Um, and then it's just what, for whatever reason that switch flips and uh, now I'm writing every day. But I realized like what I gained with that is that it just kind of like, gives me a moment to catch my breath and like put everything on paper because um, it's usually not like a processing while I'm writing. I'm not I'm usually not like writing and there's not tears on my pages and that kind of thing. Um, so part of what this trip has been, and I, fe I feel like the reason that that was like, that was the actual message I got. Like I had an energetic shift and I was like, okay, now I can write every day. But the actual message I got was like, you need to go to North Carolina to do this recording. And uh, that's been our process since I've been here. It's been uh, like, I'll read it. And it's like, well, those are cool words, but like, I have no idea what that means because there was no emotion in it. And I'm like, all right, let me try again. And uh, we just go through that process. And um, that's how we get what we've what we've made over the last two days with our 10 and 12 hour studio session. It's just getting enough emotion to come out that it's uh, it's seen that like this is this is what you're doing here. This is what's the work that's actually being done. It's creating a release, an actual release that, you know, is part of processing and I think it's been amazing to watch and be part of that process. And that is the beauty of being creative. And again, I want to remind everyone that being creative, you don't have to write poetry or paint or, or play music. Being creative is just anything that is non-repetitious. And right. see, with Ryan coming out here to just spend five days here in the studio, um, that is non-repetitious. We've never done that before. <laughs> so it, we've played music together, we've written poetry together, we've done lots of things together, but we've never done this. And that's what, you know, creativity from my perception or the Just Philosophies uh, supports is that anything that is non-repetitive. So, you know, go to a different restaurant and eat a food that you've never eaten. You know, stay somewhere overnight that you may never dream that you would want to stay just you know, sleep in a different room in your house uh, overnight. There's there's many simple ways to just do something creative uh, to shift your vibration. And then if you can make that creativity consistent daily, 
it can really, really feed the soul on many levels. And I think that that's uh, a lot of what Ryan's been sharing with me. He's been experiencing uh, through this so-called exercise of, of daily uh, creative time. And, you know, and here, of course, we support all five of the levels, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. So that uh, creativity in writing, you know, it can cover multiple levels simultaneously and that's how you get the most for your time is by visiting these different levels while you're doing one action it doesn't have to be all separate actions for each different level but you can actually cover a lot of those levels in one single action especially if it's repetitive and you kind of use a different intention each day um so so that's uh, that's been beautiful to just watch uh, develop and now to be part of this project and we'll be releasing it very soon and um, looking forward to see what people thinks about two people that just love each other immensely coming together that's been through a lot of tragedy in each other's lives and um, but we've remained strong we've remained a tribe and now we're getting to reap the benefits um, of that time and the next thing is sharing it with the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I do like the way Alexander was putting it there. I think it's kind of what I was trying to say as well. My process with with the writing has been, I guess I guess you could say, finding out that that there's more in a way. Like It was like I put so much pressure on the writing, which was why I'd go three years without writing more than like five pages. So it's a realization that like this is this is the part you're supposed to enjoy. Like the, the this is what opens the door to being able to work on all the other levels because it is mostly like a mental it's mostly a mental level when I'm writing um, because you're like looking for rhymes and you're paying attention to structure and all that so that's more or less what this trip has been is like I haven't done any writing it's just purely trying to bring some emotion into it and we like we started in a place I didn't really expect to uh, I've been writing so much lately I was like I mean I've got like 15 new things I've written over the past month so surely that's going to be the focus. And then I get here and like, I'm looking back at the stuff that starts right after the first recording. And I'm like, no, nah, man, you got to go back and you got to experience these first. Like <laughs> they're not useful if you don't bring in that emotional element. So it's, um, it really took, took the pressure off of the creativity, which is the interesting realization because the creativity isn't what's hard. That's, uh, that's what gives you the juice to do like what you need to do afterwards. So it's uh, like it loses that intimidation factor once you actually step into it. It's hard not to point out the metaphor of all that, of what he said, which is it's hard to just get started. We put so much pressure on ourselves, especially if it's around something that you are conscious about, not just like writing out anything and you want it to rhyme. It's like a metaphor for getting started and doing this work, right. you know, because so many people put they want to be perfect. I and mean, I know I fall <laughs> into that sometimes, but... And even in even in my creative aspects, I find myself doing the same thing. Right. Like I, I can't show this to the world until it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is, you know, we're creating an energy blockage there. And right. and usually for me, like it usually never happens because the energy just gets blocked up, and then it it creates like a mental block yes. where a blockage that I can feel inside of me. Well, that's what you know with with this particular project. Uh, you, that is the one rule in the creative space here in the studio is is none of that perfection. And even with us, you know, we've 
we've morphed over all these years, even with the podcast and how picky we are in editing and that kind of thing. But when we decided to to do this project, Ryan and I, I don't want that perfection in here, and I've had to work on it drastically. So that's why this release it is more of a almost a shamanic, free flowing, spontaneous. I'm just grabbing instruments. Uh, I mean, so spontaneous. We there's there's really no writing. We're just throwing a microphone on it and uh, spur of the moment create creativity. So when you play like that, and that is being childlike, uh, you've got to give yourself some room for that lack of perfection. But that's the beauty of children: is they're not they're not. Tr- racing toward that perfection they just want to enjoy what they're doing and to me that's as perfect as any perfection that has ever been created and so uh, so that's another part of that this project is the the spontaneity of it the just pure creativity of it and uh, i think it's going to come across in a you know, very receptive way. So looking forward to sharing it. And as adults, because I I think some of us can tend to be very structure minded, you know, coming through public school, which teaches us to, to kind of be that way to do something like that is scary. And I know within myself, I would almost need to make an intention that this is going to be free form and just remove those, those boundaries for myself. So Ryan, what is it like doing something so free form where you're not worried about you know, every little, you know, sound, whether it's rhyming or sounding well, you know, what's that like? Well, part of it has to be chalked up to the fact that uh, I'm getting the absolute rock star treatment with this whole (laughs) experience. Um, I mean, I've kind of just walked in and sat down with stuff I've already written. And like my only job is um, to have that space to add some emotion to it, to tap into what I was writing about. Which is no small job. Right. (laughs) So you are the artist. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm a... We've had some laughs about that. I'm a little spoiled with this, but mm-hmm. but it's been really cool to see um, just just to witness his creativity and that, that like ours can flow together in that way, and that uh, it is like childlike, and it's there's no expectations, and uh, I don't even know if we've made anything we didn't like yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's got deleted. It's just been like you just work with it until you like it. Yeah. So, um, it's been and really, and like, you don't casual. always know that you're going to like it, but right. you know I've I've played some things and got like a little not necessarily weird look, but okay, where are you going with that? But see, no judgment, just that true inquisitive mind. Uh, and like you said, every time it's just turned into something. We haven't backtracked on much of anything, and uh, and that's uh, we and we've laughed. I mean, <laughs> I literally woke up this morning with my abdomen sore because we have laughed so much in the studio and and just had such a good time. I mean, so, you know, our first 12-hour day produced like about uh, five and a half minutes of, you know, of music and poetry. And so if, if everybody can, you know, just take a, a grasp of that, that so much time and energy and effort goes into something very small. And, you know, uh, two 12-hour days, some people might think, wow, you guys probably wrote an album. But in realistic, uh, being realistic about it, it's approximately about eight minutes uh, of music in that time frame. But the main thing was is that, A, there's no agenda. Uh, B, we are going through some emotional processing exercises here and working on healing and wellness while 
being creative and creating a product that hopefully many people can uh, receive from and, and enjoy. So, so this is a bonus getting to talk about it on the podcast while we're kind of right in the middle of it because he's only here for the rest of today and tomorrow and then he flies back uh, Friday morning. So this is a, a really kind of, uh, you know, quick project to just see what we could get done. I've already been blown away by the progress. And so even if nothing else moves forward, I feel like it's already a huge success. But I think we still got some creative juices to to get out and get down on tape and and uh, share with people. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's definitely as we're talking about me being spoiled. Uh, of course, I've, I've had access to private Alexander consultations my whole life, but <laughs> in the most recent, slightly more intentional engagements, um, that's been what's coming up, like the emotional processing. And um, when I was able to stop and take that time to like ask myself what I need because I can lose myself in my relationship like most people especially being a heart and a projector mm-hmm. and a two five all that kind of stuff yeah. but when I step back like I know that's the question I have to ask like how are you going to process your emotions like we know that that's the level that needs the most work out of the five levels um so it just just kind of opened up a field that wasn't open before and that is what this trip's about um it's just it's a continuation of that intention and this is it coming to fruition are there any pros and cons of having all of this creative time in a short amount of time and then maybe going back to our regular work? Does it create like more freeness uh, to go into our um, everyday lives, like more energetic or will we kind of like miss it? Like, is it creating a void now that we've kind of put all this creative energy into it? Well, I think it? a big part of it is how you approach it. And, you know, here from the just philosophy standpoint, we always want to look at balance or equilibrium. And that's why we look at all five of those levels and give them equal respect on all five. So yes, uh, we're, you know, doing a condensed version to where we're, you know, being immersed with each other for about four or five intense days. And, you know, I set my, most of my schedule to the side for this because it does take a different mindset. For example, yesterday we were in the middle of a session and I got a a call from two clients that one client is going through since Monday just finding out that her father is passing, like we're literally in within days. And then I got another call from another client that's dealing with some major health issues and they were going in for a meeting today and they just wanted to talk to me for about 30 minutes and This is what I like to share with people, the ability to flip the switch and step out of that. And I I can be honest to say I didn't want to because there's a whole different level of holding space than being creative and being childlike. So, of course, I I mentioned it to him and he was so supportive. No, if your people need you, you know, uh, that's totally cool. And so I went and I had about a, you know, a 30 minute call, uh, two separate calls And at that time yesterday, the juices hadn't really gotten flowing. We were just kind of getting started. And so I didn't know if it was going to come back and be as powerful as it was the night before. 
But due to the childlike energy, due to the playfulness, the lack of expectations, the support that he gave me, the support that I was able to give these people, it wound up being another just amazingly creative evening. And we, you know, we got recorded probably about six or seven more minutes of of music. And uh, it wound up being an incredible experience. And so bringing that back to your question is that if we are doing something in an extreme like these five days to realize that there is going to be that resistance at the beginning, but this is where discipline and structure is important. So Ryan leaves, you know, early Friday morning and I would like to just take that day off, but you know, I've got a client coming in at nine 30 and then I got two more in the afternoon and See, I, when I think about that, I just smile and go, know that now's time to bring that back into balance. And I'm going to have to work hard Friday and Saturday, both uh, seeing my working with my clients that I'm so appreciative of. And that two day intensive is going to bring me closer back to balance. And then I'll get back into practicing my five levels each day and working a little bit on each of those levels each and every day. And that's what the philosophy is really about so that you either you don't reach those drastic changes or when you do, you have a very realistic uh, way of looking at discipline and structure to say, okay, then I've got to be intense to balance this back out. And this is how many days I'm going to do this. So I think the awareness of that is what's important and just remembering that we want to keep everything in equilibrium as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I feel like um, just a quick reflection on that is uh, what this experience has been like for me. One of those moments for me would have been uh, like last night. We we were laughing a lot, but throughout everything we were doing and enjoying, um, it sounds funny, but like I was I was breathing in a different way. Um, and it was like it was really impactful and like I'll write notes in my journal if I know there's something I need to like go back and look at later but I just wrote in my journal I just wrote breathing in and uh like it has such a deep meaning for me but I feel like it's um to get back what we're talking about it's it's like capturing those crystallizations of the moments in the extremes if if you are in an extreme and like you take what you need from it and then like when you're out of it it's it's supportive. It supports the other levels or the other levels are able to support it. And it like, it just flows in versus, uh, like doing something to escape. Obviously it would feel a lot different. So it's, it's more about like finding that juiciness and keeping it with you, finding out how to carry it with you when you move forward, whatever adjustments you need to make. Going to the well each week. So Ryan, oftentimes being in this work immersed in it, I will look back like three months ago or six months ago, or or a year ago, and and it's easy for me to see what different space and energy that I'm in. I mean, sometimes it's unbelievable. Even when it's like three months, it will feel like six <laughs> or tw- or twelve, and I'll be like, man, that was only three months ago, and I've changed so much. And sometimes people can't, like people on the outside, don't notice you changing, but you know, sure. you're constantly you you know yourself and you know where you're going. So it's been two years, so. Can you, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but can you reflect back to where you were mindset two years ago and maybe talk about uh, the ways that you've changed? Yeah, I think um, some of the biggest ones that come to mind are, I mean, obviously this uh, writing is probably the biggest one. It's the biggest thing, but that's just shifted recently. So 
if I'm looking back, like throughout that whole time, um, I mean, I more or less have a relationship that's encapsulated within this whole time. Um, it was still going before the first recording, but since then, uh, it's continued. It's going amazingly, but being able to reflect on just the way that question we asked, what I have to offer to a relationship and what am I looking to get out of a relationship? Just seeing that question develop over time. Um, it's been a bit of a reverse process for me, maybe because I'm a heart something, but seeing those two questions is kind of what's helping to shape the who are you, what are you about, how do you exemplify it? So it's lots of growth in that area and um, lots of internal reflection as far as seeing the steps I'm taking moving forward. Uh, like I reevaluate my situation at work. Um, I could have like an attitude about something or see something as a problem, a judgment is usually what it is. Uh, but being able to shift like out of that, that's what using uh, doing the work looks like to me. Utili utilizing this philosophy is uh, experiencing what you're going to experience because you can't control it, but you take time to dissect it and absorb it and let the mud clear from the water. And uh, like I'm at a different place with work now. I'm at a different place with my relationship. I'm at a different place with uh, my eating, my exercise. I'm exercising less, but I'm more content with my body, that type of thing. Like these things just shift and that's really what the, the work, the philosophy does is it gives you that perspective to use it all together. And uh, yeah, you can look back three months and six months and especially two years, you're like, man, I got to break out the history books to tell you two years ago. That was, <laughs> that was a while. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a really good point to make that uh, perception is such a big part of this. And you know, I even go to the point to say that our perception may be our only true free will. And we're constantly being bombarded and influenced through every sense that we have and through the planets uh, energetically and through our friends, our family, our school system, our government. So when you really stop to think about how much free will you have outside of influence uh, that, or outside of your perception, that uh, can really start to narrow uh, quite quick. And so as he was saying, you know, he shares from time to time a, a situation that may go down at work. And then we'll go through the process of talking about, you know, how he did choose to perceive it, how he maybe first perceived it. And then through going through and maybe using the pillars or using part of the philosophy, get to a different perception and seeing that you know, how you respond, whether you respond or react, you know, sends out ripples. And I think that they have gotten him and his brother, you know, have been working with that for quite a while. And especially there at work, they've really worked to to manage the energy more so than the people or the situations. And that's what we can can learn to be masters of. Uh, but as he said, you can't you can't manage the external you can't uh, direct what people are going to do or not do, but you can manage how you're going to respond to it. And that's been beautiful to to watch over time. I can definitely relate with that in my own situation, just in, as an example where I used to see my job as being a hindrance to where I wanted to be, to the projects I wanted to work on. But I've recently changed that in the last few years into seeing it as uh, helping me. It, it's it's allowing me to do something I'm good at and do it well while also allowing me the financial resource to 
uh, you know, put some time and energy, mon- monetary energy into other projects and build them on the side. So it is my vehicle because if I didn't have that, then right. I, you know, I would have to take a big leap. And that is something that, you know, some people do and, and, and can do. And I, I'm more conservative on that aspect. I like to try to have, you know, smooth transitions. So I'm very grateful. I've, I've found a lot of gratitude for my job and it's mm-hmm. allowed me to have a whole new energy that I put into it every day uh, where I interact with my, my coworkers and they've noticed a difference. So, you know, that energy feeds other areas. Yes, and that, that perception is just so strong. And on the episode that we discussed the spiritual side of this work or this philosophy, you know, I bring up, brought up three main points being trust, faith, and non-judgment. And that non-judgment is the one that we need to listen to most for ourselves because we do need to, as we're growing and as other people are growing, you know, there's going to be falters. People are going to fail. And that's very important to practice that high side of the so-called spiritual practice of non-judgment to, like I said earlier, for for them to feel comfortable with going away from me and my ways uh, that they truly felt that they were would be welcomed back when they came back. And my job was to make sure that they felt that. And then we, we wouldn't actually know until the situation arose. And so that's what we have experienced, that uh, we all three persevered through uh, some very challenging situations. And a lot of it was through the practice of this philosophy and paying attention to our perceptions. Yeah, so just to... Uh Again, provide an example um, and to kind of wrap up this point is my past experience over the past year, year or two, um, as far as like engaging in different levels with things like work and shifting your perspective on it. There was a there was a couple external um, influences, like there was some stock market investments we made that uh, so-called went south and um, we kind of had like this weird experience twice in a row where we would invest seem like you lost a lot of money but you didn't sell so it just gives you like this long period of reflection that we had and like we'd like process it and then come out of it and then we went right back into another one so it was like this uh, double dose of a lesson but just being able to see uh, like where all my perspectives were at and how I was viewing certain things why this experience got brought to me and how the outcome is that you get is always the outcome you need if you're willing to engage with it and look at it and interpret it and find out what needs to be figured out, do some writing, and then do some emoting about the writing, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's, once again, where the you know the five pillars can be very useful in that, in that processing, in that process. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that would be everybody or every experience can be a teacher or teach you something in that moment. And that uh, emotional accountability and responsibility that, you know, in something such as a stock market, you're, you are taking a chance no matter how educated you are. And if you don't get your way, then we get to practice being a child in that way. Do we throw a temper tantrum? Does it ruin your day? Does it ruin your week? Does it ruin a relationship possibly? Or do you work toward acceptance and our processing and the system throughout the Just Philosophy is all about working through that 
processing of it to see it as clearly as humanly possible and then be able to consciously communicate it with others optimally. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's not about making a mistake in those situations. It's about uh, looking at, for me, it was about looking at the invitation that it got brought to me with and losing money, gaining money, it doesn't matter. As long as you go away with what you were supposed to experience, then you're happy to pay whatever price it may have been. Yes, and connecting that just so everybody understands that being a projector, they are designed to wait for the invitation. And so when they went through that and we discussed it, that was one of the first thing I mentioned is always pay attention for them, or I would say this in general for most people, pay attention to not just the opportunity that's being brought to you, but who is bringing that opportunity and where is their energy. So a great opportunity may be brought to you, but if the person is carrying anxiety or fear that is bringing it to you, then that's the dominant energy coming in right there. And I think uh, that that was part of the lesson that um, that both of them got uh, potentially optimally in that exchange. And we did actually do an episode on the lessons learned around right. the stock market recently. And I, I think we did talk about the influences and in, in mm-hmm. looking at what you were just saying. So I will, again, put that link in the show notes if anybody wants to dive a little deeper into that. Yeah, that was a really good one. It was all just about the acceptance. Mm-hmm. Acceptance, another pillar. Well, mm-hmm. polarity versus duality. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And acceptance is in the polarity and resistance is in the duality. So this has been an amazing uh, podcast and I am so honored and to have uh, to have Ryan here. He's uh, mm-hmm. such a beautiful being and uh, has so much to offer the world and uh, I'm looking forward to that just continuing to grow and as always thank you Mr. Aaron Keith for all your efforts so yeah. one last question Ryan are we maybe going to get a little taste of this to take us out into uh, into the three minutes of stillness or will that oh, be the three no. minutes of stillness or are we holding off yeah let's do it mm, might do it I'm down do it He's down. You guys might get the first sneak preview then. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy, everybody. Three minutes of stillness.
A flutter of often silent heartstrings Memories of harmonies We want sung with you Taught to us by hands that bent and bled To tune our path to truth Notes surrendered on knowing breath By summoning greeting of darkened gates Melodies that echo in my theater of mind Find solace in birth of these silent symphonies This chapter's muse collapses that I might wake in time Conducting me in circles with need for no rewind To find the music playing gently To a song of no design For teaching me to play my heart song in tune I will forever love you We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.